Welcome to Paulas, a podcast about real life experiences from the mouths of legit working class people. Hello and welcome back to Paulas. If you listen very carefully, you will hear Selena sucking on a fox's mint. <laughs> yeah, I was just, um, I went downstairs. I think I've been into mints because it's been quite hot. Uh, so I'm I'm just making a load of noise in my fox's glacier mint, just a regular one, not a fruity one. Um, Ooh, but I really wanted a mur- yeah, I wanted a Murray mint because um, we had some of them and they're really nice because they've got that buttery taste. So then I was like, what's your favourite nana mint? Well, do you know what? Like, I am a bit of a nana all the time because I always carry around uh, extra strong mints. And I, well, they're Ooh. more of a granddad. I think yeah, they're... they're a bit strong for me. They're bloody extra great. Strong. Then they mm. blast your entire mouth out. So, I'm going to do you a sound effect now. Oh, ooh, tin a pop. I feel like there needs to be a like a diet coke break. You know, when you were that that advert where he was naked outside. <laughs> Yeah, it's me. It's me outside the window. <laughs> you ran out and you're like, ooh. <laughs> In me little short shorts just yeah. for you. <laughs> so today is incredibly hot. So I'm wearing some short shorts. If you want to picture that lovely scene, people. Uh, Selena, approximately how hot are you right now? I mean, at the minute, my room's, the sun's past my room. But I was outside before and I was sat, sat in the sun. And you know, when you can feel your skin frying. Mate, like, I know that feeling. But sometimes I'm like, I don't mind getting a bit of a tan, but after like five minutes I was like, I can't I can't cope. I can't I can't handle it. You actually so, feel like you're in a chip pan fire. <laughs> why am I having a mint to cool me down? <laughs> Cools my mouth down, you know, so I feel a bit more less like I'm just frying. Come on, no. Well, I'm glad to hear the alarm still beeping in the background. Did I tell you about my scenario with Bloody Next Door? No, what? Do you know how I'm always giving you shit because you've got that low battery fire alarm that goes off in background? Yeah. Well, like literally two days after Next Door moved out of the house, and it's it's up for sale, right? So nobody's coming in anytime oh. soon. It was bleeping, honestly, two two days after they moved out, and the fire alarm is next to my bedroom. Right. And it's a terrace. And it was just all day and all night, this fucking fire alarm. I was like, this is my karma for always giving you shit. <laughs> it was me. I spoke to the fire alarm <laughs> fairies and was like, right, I've got one for you. You can tamper with. Can mess about <laughs> with this pain in the ass. So, yeah, that was me. And then they came back after two solid weeks of me losing my entire mind. And... um just to clean up, and I, I fucking like race around next go, excuse me, excuse me, oh my god, can you turn the alarm off? <laughs> but luckily, as soon as they'd walked through the door, they were like, oh, it was telling me this story ever so casually. It was like, oh, and we walked through and we heard the alarm straight away and we turned it off. Really sorry about that. Oh, I bet it were like when Joe, when it happens to Joey and friends. I were like, yeah, yeah, dead chill. Anyway, thanks for that. I'm just gonna go in the, back in the house and scream. <laughs> Oh, dear me. Bad. I nearly broke in. Anyway, so... Drilling a hole through the wall. <laughs> Mate, it came very close to me, smashing that back window in. Um, So, this episode is going to be all about where we don't feel welcome as working class people. Yeah, would you summarise it like that? Yeah, I called it knowing your place. 
yes nice so like you know when it's that feeling in it it's like oh it's not for me this yeah because what we want to talk about as well is not just physical places but like uh hobbies as well in it and stuff like that and interests like where do you yeah yeah and i I was just writing down um before we started um because we put a question out to other people saying what you know what makes you feel like it's not for you Got, got, we got some belters. We'll, we'll talk about them later. But I wrote, they're not just like places or jobs or there's some other. That's like things, you know, things that we shouldn't have. Yeah, stuff like that. Things that spell F I N G S. No, F I N G backwards Z. <laughs> things, things, proper things. What I like. So, do you want to start with your things and then? I'll tell you a couple of mine and then we'll get into uh, what the people of Instagram are saying because there's quite a lot in there on Instagram. Yeah, see, I was like, oh, I've got loads. But then I sat down to think and I was like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) I think it's more than that I'll think about, you know, as you go along. Yeah. (laughs) I think my main one, obviously, I talk about it all the time, but it's, it's like the art world. Not even the art world. I'm not really in the art world. But it's taken me a long time to say, you know, and people are like, what do you do? To be like, I'm an artist. Even when I say it now, I still say it in that juicy yeah, voice. Yeah, you did it in that voice. <laughs> I do it all the time. Like, I'm an artist. Right, I try and say it. Like, yeah, I'm an art. Practice it I'm now. Not. Just say it in your normal voice. What no, do you do, Selena? Uh, I'm an artist. Because I feel like the way I say art isn't even... It's not particularly nice on the ears. Art. I do art. So, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an artist. Um, yeah, and even that, I'm like... Because that, that comes with, it's like two sides of the coin that it's like, I can't be an artist. I think I'm going to sneeze and it's gone. Um, oh, there it is. Hold on. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> there it was. Oh, sorry, that's a very slow burner. Um, but yeah, I think prior to being probably a few, a good few years ago, I'd go, um, so one of my friends is an artist also and uh, she studied art did really well um it, in terms of at uni and then we'd go to like openings or stuff she had uh, her art at and she'd always was trying to introduce me as well I think mainly once be- like sometimes because she lo- loves my art but also I think so she didn't have to network <laughs> nice she <laughs> me because she's like stop making me talk to people this is my worst nightmare it's like I didn't become an artist to, to schmooze um but she'd be like oh yeah Selena she's an artist too but then the first the first thing anyone would ever say was oh where did you where did you study or where did you practice so I feel like that was that's the one side of the coin where I'm like well I didn't and then, then they don't know what to say then. Yeah, what happens then? The, like, you can't be, you can't sorry, be an artist. Art school. <laughs> yeah, so that, that annoyed me a lot. And then there was also that story which I've told many times where I was doing um, someone who worked for the Whitworth. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, the Whitworth. I, I feel like I've forgotten what outside places are called. <laughs> 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 so it's like an art gallery master, but it's connected to a lot of the galleries and museums are connected to the university in Manchester. Um, and there was someone in there who wanted me to do some workshops because I facilitate workshops as well with a school, a high school that my brother used to go to where I think it's got quite a um, mixed 
demographic in terms of ethnicity of young people and predominantly working class, I'd say, um, students. So she wanted me to come in and do workshops with them, uh, but she had to do it in kind of a sneaky way because I couldn't officially be a practitioner on their books because I didn't study um, in Manchester. Well, that's fucking Therefore, shit. Yeah, because obviously it's like that, but even that I didn't study at all. But then she, the whole point was that she wanted me there to be like, hey, kids, look, you don't have to do a formal route or an educated route for art, you know. She wanted to be like, you can get into it however you want to. Good. Amazing. You don't have to be like... Because probably a lot of them weren't going to go to university. So there's though that, that whole aspect where it isn't made for me and everybody knows you go into any kind of gallery, it's made for a certain type of person which isn't me but then on the other side is then when I started owning it then you're like it's embarrassing because you know I'm the first person that's like someone's moaning that their zine hasn't made them enough money to pay their rent I'm like it's a fucking zine it's a hobby it's not going to pay your rent (laughs) and I'm like get a fucking job and I'm like this is I sound terrible but I also get a job um so I feel like as soon as you say I'm an artist in in working class communities people are gonna be like that's not a real job <laughs> I, I know what you mean but yeah, then... so it's, it's like it's not for me in the place it's a place that's not carved out for me but then it's also not for me because but then they're like is the reason you think they think that is because it's been a space that wasn't made for me but also I'm just like yeah it's not a proper job is it <laughs> do you think like because it's got the two two angles on it and it, so you've got like working class people who, like you say, might be like, well, that's not a proper job, what you're on about. But then you've got the other side of people who may be like middle class people when you say, I'm an artist. Do you think they like take you seriously or not? Because they think, well, you you can't be an artist. Or are you an artist as a hobby, but not like a serious artist? Do you think that's what I, they think? I don't, I think, like back in the day when I used to say, oh, I didn't study anywhere, then they kind of lost interest. But I think they're the people that were like, you know, wanting to represent you or, I don't know, schmoozing for whatever reason. I don't know who they were, I didn't care. Um, <laughs> you know, I was there to look at my friend's work and or for the free free drink. If it's free, I'll have it, even though I don't like it. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I think now, I think if I described myself now, I've suddenly, I have adapted into that role of community artist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think is kind of where you find a lot of the working class artists. So I st- like I'll get workshops now for big art institutions and stuff, but I've decided this year I'm not doing them anymore. I, I kind of hate most of them. I hate what they stand for. The pay isn't even that good. Do you know what I mean? Like if they're paying me shitloads, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Um, and I've much preferred doing workshops with community groups. So I, I feel like, I'm more of that artist. Like I haven't exhibited in places. I haven't sold a lot of art. Yeah. Like obviously that is not. You can just create stuff and that be. But in terms of like an artist as a profession, I think there's certain things that you're supposed to have done. Um. Where I'm, I'm very much a. It's my art now is very much in terms of facilitating workshops and more of a community, which I'm happy with. But I think that is very much a world where you will find the more working class amongst artists it's annoying though because who makes the fucking rules up that's what does my head in who's the person that goes right this is how it's all gonna work like it's it's stupid what like is it one of those things that we as millennials can go now nah, i'm not having that i'm just gonna make my own you know carve my own path anyway 
or is it one of those things that no matter how hard you try you do just keep coming to these kind of brick walls because I think it's a similar thing with writing as well you know there seems to be more of a shift maybe in in that world in the you know and I think go ahead go ahead even though these like in any forms of kind of arts and culture like I, you know, I as I say before, I do sit there being like, you just need to get a fucking real job, don't you? Um, and it is shit, but I feel like it, it take a lot of dismantling for it to be a place where even like bands, bands don't make any money anymore. Like you make nothing. You know, there's so many sectors of that where you don't really make any money unless you're like big time. And even then, I can even say like same with writing many writers like, oh you've had a book out wow you're you it's like yeah but i still have a job because i can't yeah. just live off this one book i've released so That's i think so true yeah and i think i don't know what my point was i think it's kind of like i don't mind that even though that's bad but i i like having another job it makes me feel more real which is probably something i need to unpick and unlearn but also i like being in contact with people and not just sat in my house alone (laughs) do you know what I mean (laughs) like I feel like that's why I think I got really into doing my workshops as well because I go out I realize I love going like I hate people I hate gentle but I actually I can't have spent all my entire adult life working in retail and then you know delivering workshops and have any truth in that I like connecting with people yeah and I think that's why I've got really into a lot of the community groups I work with um, because I'm connecting with people, but I'm also sharing my skills. And in fact, that to me is what I like to do. So I don't, but I'd, I'd be interested to see other people who are, I don't know what they're not more, art, their artistic practices in a different way. If yeah. That makes sense. Like I said, I've fully fallen into this category of community arts person and it fits me. Do you know, I think as well, like, the stuff that you do, there's an element of you're giving back to your people as well. And I like the idea of, do you know, sometimes people are like, you can't, it's like saying to someone, you can't play in, in our playground because you haven't been to uni. It's like, well, yeah. fuck your playground, better people in mine anyway. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I think, yeah, I think that was, because I think there's two types of stance I've come across with working class artists. It's either like, oh, I'm going to infiltrate and get through the net and then what you're going to do and then you'll turn around you won't even realize and i'm like ha i'm working class and look at me look at me now um so yeah and i do think art definitely needs to be more accessible and i I think there's a lot more whether that's like people like the white pube who review things and like you know strip (laughs) it back and saying stuff like this is it doesn't have to be for this one type of person or artists that are doing stuff like that but i do think I've definitely been like, fuck you then, find my own shit. <laughs> I'm very much like that. That's like how I am anyway. But I don't know if that, it's because I haven't got any, you know, I haven't spent thousands of pounds being, you know, having any kind of education or being in those kind of hanging round with people. Yeah. Like that. Do you know what I mean? Well, so I mean, tell you what, I'm just going to very quickly try and google this person's name so i don't ah here we go so i was watching this stand up last night because you know we're not we're not going to gloss over it entirely but uh we're still in quarantine people if you're listening to this in the future <laughs> and um 
what's getting me through quarantine at the moment is watching a lot of comedy. So I'm watching so much stand-up. Because I need to be smiling at some point during the day, please. Because some days are a little tough. So, um, yeah, I was watching uh, Comedians of the World. I don't know if you've seen that, Selena. It's like... um, a bunch of different artists from literally like all over the world, yeah. So you've got uh, comedians and... I, I, I don't like to use the word comedian sometimes because some of it's like really... Um, do you know people like Mae Martin and stuff? They're funny and like Hannah Gadsby, but they've got loads more about them, like storytellers yeah. and stuff. But yeah, there's, there's loads of cool people on there and it's in blocks of all around the world. So it starts off with the UK, US, then it goes into like Australia. So I'm up to um, New Zealand and Australia at the moment. And there's this comedian called Ursula Carlson. Um, and she was talking about, <laughs> on, on her stand-up, how you should basically like not be too good to your kids. You should be a bit shit to them, so then they've got a good backstory. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it just made me think, like, she said, you know, when, when do you watch something on TV about somebody who's like an amazing artist or writer or visionary? And they're like, yeah, um, parents were great, had enough money. Yeah, everything's good. She's like, you just never see that. <laughs> you know, you, you want someone who's... <laughs> I think she says something like, you know, you want it to be like, you know, at 10 days old, you get found um, in the dumpsters around the back of a whorehouse. And then at, at the age of 27, you get your first coat. <laughs> She's just like coming out with all this shit. And it's like, you know, th- there are so many artists that people love it. You know, they're like, oh my God this artist's got such a story and then the it's almost like the minute they say they're working class or like they put the badge on it people are like oh no no we don't like it anymore yeah. do you know it tracy was... emin's a big one I, I, I always come back to tracy emin as an example people could not get enough of tracy emin until she started talking like proper real shit and then they were like oh, i don't like tracy emin anymore <laughs> it was like um i can't remember i'm trying to find somebody who I've seen, I can't remember what they're called, um, but they do embroidery and they did one the other day. It was like, why is women's art called women's art? <laughs> so yeah. like men's art is just, just there and it's like different art. things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's that whole thing. I've heard lots of, I think I've read lots of books where writers who are working class be like, you know, you'll start out writing, often you'll start writing about being working class because that's what you know. And you off, a lot of your art or whatever you create is based on yourself what you know best or maybe mm-hmm. you don't but um and then it's like then people only ever want them to write about that see it was like you can't just write a fantasy novel or you know science fiction or something yeah. you're like yeah but where's the you know is it dystopian is it gritty is there like <laughs> some pork do you know what I mean it's just like no I'm... but it's like so I think there's that aspect as well that you if you are accepted into this world that you probably don't want to be in are you then just there for the tokenistic stuff? It's like, you're not making out about being black. You're not making out about being working class. <laughs> it's just like, can I not just make a nice picture? It's like, oh, but, you know, it's that flip side where that's that's your thing. But anybody else, you wouldn't say to people who are middle class, oh, you must only make art about your class. Yeah, and, like, if you're not, it's like, well, you know, are you not speaking to your people? Like, are you not making a, a social commentary? No, sometimes I just want to do shit. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, no, so. I want to paint a rainbow. <laughs> That's oh, it. Is this about how, you know, growing up when you were found behind the back of a dumpster? It's like, no! <laughs> just <laughs> <a rainbow. laughs> 
does it reflect the struggle of the uh, the time leading up to when you got your first coat age 27 <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah yeah it is babes can i have some more money please thanks can i get another grant <laughs> Dear what me. else have i got on my list trying to think um i've got things like liking alt stuff <laughs> alt <laughs> you know it. being alt you know I'm just, I was so alt growing up um yeah I don't know if I was a grebo I feel like I was how were you not a grebo um well I don't know I was like an, I was like an indie kid with a side of I think I was a, with a touch of goth and a side of grebo I think you could just roll that all into one and call it grebo me <laughs> you're either a goth or a grebo like it's just to I me like the... I was <laughs> too many bright colours to be a Grebo. Uh, do you know what I mean but then I wasn't a cyber goth I hung about with a few cyber goths you know I was like a bit somewhere in the middle so I was you know in the Venn diagram I was the thing in the middle <laughs> nice well I do think though like the if you were Grebo you, you're the more colourful version of a goth because like okay. if you think about it you've usually Grebos have got like loads of colours in their hair and they've got like loads of like a bunch of different shoelaces in their Doc Martens and shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel, that's the thing. I think they're always a bit messy, a bit grunge. It wasn't me. It was very well put together. <laughs> I love that. That's uh, that's on your Venn diagram. Very put together section. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I feel like I'd have only had so many colours on because you know I'm very basically I was like I am now, but um, but yeah, I think with me there's two intersections of not being allowed to be old. I just I feel like in terms of like you know growing up in the 90s early 90s you couldn't you weren't allowed i was even reading like in i read a book about fandom and it was saying now most of the kids that go to shows <clears throat> i think it was a section about email most of the kids that go to shows are middle class kids because they can't afford you know because they're the ones that can afford to go and see a band mm. so i think i started didn't go and see that scene so i was like 16 17 so i was working or had ema or whatever so i'd pay stuff for myself so i feel like being a fan in itself is quite a middle class thing what people expect because it's expensive if you're a, if you're a big fan of things it's expensive well, yeah totally and this is one of those things though as well where if people said to you oh you like music yeah yeah oh where's your record collection oh well i don't have records oh as if then you don't like music then <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like, oh, it's not for you. <laughs> i just don't spend like just five grand filling an ikea unit full of re- records i've listened to it for free on the internet <laughs> I think as well there's this like preconception that you know you know especially when you're a teenager I feel like you have to be a bit intelligent to be alternative do you know what I mean there's like this air of smugness about it so I feel like you couldn't ever be a working class kid from a state and be a bit old even though I'm like they're the ones that relate to Marilyn Manson the most that was the real (laughs) struggle they were were angry (laughs) but it's that whole thing it's like you know it's it's not expected of you because you you know is that all you doing it for rebellion yeah so that is also the side that then because i am a uh, mixed race so i'm like you know half jamaican that again wasn't for me i've read a lot of pieces that people have written about this if you vision like a, an old teenager you vision like a white middle class person mm-hmm. you wouldn't vision it's like oh no that's not for you so you I'm either like told I'm not black enough because I'm listening to placebo or 
you know, oh, I wasn't old enough because I was enjoying, you know, listening to the pirate radio and what was being played on there. But yeah, so I think that for me, being alt, <laughs> being a, being a, a, a grebo. I don't know. I think I need to find a term for me as a teenager. Yeah, one that works for you. That's all encompassing of all these things. Yeah, you know. Um, is a place that wasn't for me which I think then my last thing on my list which goes nicely into um as an adult as an adult so obviously being alt as a as a youngster (laughs) and then got into like riot girl and stuff and then from being like you know 16 17 kind of hung out went out to like friends clubs nights and stuff and (coughs) in the hung out in a lot of like queer places this is like early noughties, um, and which then probably later developed into kind of like a UK DIY punk zine and activist scene, which I felt at home with. Because I'm, you know, I'm all, I'm all, you know, so I've got to go, I've got to go somewhere. <laughs> um, and that was the kind of music I was, I, I was, I was, and still, I still am into. But as I've got older and older, I'm like, this is not a place for me. Again, for those two intersections, for race and for class, and. It's kind of somewhere where the more I don't go out, not just because of um, quarantine, but just because as you get older, well, some people, me, <laughs> I just don't go out as much. I'm like, oh, it's 6pm, I've took my bra off, it's, it's bedtime. <laughs> There's no going back. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I've, I've took my bra off now, I ain't leaving the house again. Um, but yeah, I feel like, it, I find that more grating though, because this is these are spaces that are meant to be so on paper you know we're like so accepting and so i'm trying to think of a word for woke that's not woke because i hate that <laughs> but do you know what i mean well they're like i guess um the types of places liberal, for... that's guardian readers isn't it yeah well maybe like they're supposed to be for people who are a bit outside of things aren't they? like outsiders or you know a place yeah. for people who are a bit different or think a bit differently uh something like that but yeah, you end up just getting people who just uh, are usually white and middle class and want to just yeah, make think, it about them. <laughs> Celebrate how woke they are. Yeah, and it's like class is very rarely mentioned. I think it has been in more so in recent years. And race, and, and, you know, there's other people that have created these similar spaces that are predominantly by and for people of colour, which I love. But then there's these other people still getting their chuffy badges for doing fuck knows what. I, got, I just think I just got really annoyed the other day and I was just like, they're just fucking Karens of airy armpits and PhDs. I don't know what I was <laughs> But you know what I mean? I feel like it's one of them, it's very much if, if a cause doesn't affect you, then it's easy to ignore. So I felt a lot, very disillusioned in a space that I called home for a lot and I've distanced myself from it. Not, not distanced it, but really just been like, I don't need it as much. Yeah. But I guess I found other spaces um i've definitely found more spaces with working class people and people of color and then a crossover of that as i've gotten older which i think happens anyway you you kind of you just find some way like oh this this kind of fits for me now but yeah Yeah. i think those spaces are still spaces that are not for me like they're for me in one sense but overall i'm just like yeah nah see ya well we we talked as well before about kind of when it those um I guess those situations turn to people just ticking a quota box as well. 
and you feeling very conscious of that. You know, so it's like almost people trying to appear to be like, yeah, we're doing an event and it's super inclusive. But actually you just feeling like, you just got me on this lineup because you want me to tick that box. And it's like that, like surely that must feel a bit shitty as well because you're like, well, this is supposed to be where I feel safe and I feel, you know, a part of this, these are my people. And actually you're just almost feeling less like you're part of it really. Yeah, because I was thinking the other day, um, I don't know, the other month I was at some meeting at work about, diversity inclusion that we were talking about and then all the people of colour in the room were like oh yeah you know when you go into a room and you're like you look around to see am I the only non-white person in the room and the people are like oh do you do that I was like yeah <laughs> and I feel like the two places where I most often am either one of three one of three <laughs> is either sometimes in in terms of race and class is uh, at work because even though I work in retail I feel like I work in quite a middle class I work for quite a middle-class company where a lot of the staff are students, therefore, who can afford to go to university these days, people who have got money, and the customer bases. And then the DIY scene, that's where I go and I'm just like, often, um, <coughs> I'm working and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, there's me, there's another person, I, yeah. Uh, and like gigs and shows and stuff, and I guess that, I think that's where I always think about being alt. Is <laughs> like... I have definitely gone to more gigs as I've got older where the artists band themselves are people of colour. So then I go and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is nice. I'm not the minority. Um, So I really enjoy that. So I think I've been making a conscious effort to do that as well. So I think, yeah, they're they're the places where I feel are not for me. (laughs) So how do you feel about the phrase taking up space? Um, I mean, if you, that's like my TM line, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like if I, I think I've got in various ventures, someone's made like stickers with them on for me and badges. Um, And whenever I have to do like an artist bio or I'm writing about wanting to do a workshop, I literally be like, I'm all about taking up space. It's like my tagline. Um, And I think for me, (coughs) that is, especially in terms of the art world I'm just happy to and that's all like you said you think I I do it to represent like to say to someone you can do this as well yeah and that's taking up space and I think that's what often how I choose my workshops as well (laughs) if it is going to be like helping people to be like you can do this as well you can take you can take up space yeah that visibility right yeah um and I get that a lot of the places where I do m- move in are all about that, but they're not all about a different space for me. Does that even make sense? <laughs> alt, alt, alt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I think it's a good phrase. I think it helps with trying to, I guess, shift ownership back to like people actually just living their lives and uh, the positive side of things because you know there's something really gross about conversations of let's all be ticking these boxes you know let's make sure we've got all these people here it's like it's just grim it's so disingenuine yeah it's like oh we need to invite these people like yeah but is this a space they want to be in is this a space for them 
Yeah, and you you're, just, d- you're doing it for them. For yeah, no, you're you doing, doing it for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think I'm a bit over that now. That's why um, I think, um, yeah, the phrase "taking up space" literally is putting it back into the right people's hands and their their power to be like, "I'm going to be in this space, and I I should be here, and here I am showing everybody else that I'm here, so then everybody else feels like they can join too." Less about oh, no, we can't have this scene fest if there's no black people on the stalls. <laughs> it's stupid. Mm. But even then, I think I could probably... In recent years, I've definitely seen more. But, you know, I'd, I'd be doing the same zine fairs and, again, they'd be the same three or four people. I'd be like, hiya, hiya, you know. Yeah. Um, but obviously that's why we then started, um, with me and a few other friends, started a zine fest that was predominantly well not predominantly it was only people that tabled were people of colour um, because we were just like oh, zines are because again I think that's another area that's seen as pretty white and I don't know about class I imagine probably pretty middle class because everything is in it <laughs> what like you imagine a zine a zine yeah for sure. zines are weirdly quite seen as quite male which I find a bit odd because obviously the places I've been making zines and selling zines for like 20 years is not largely male, like it's like <laughs> male. Yeah. But I feel like there is always some, and that it is very much a yeah. When you go to like the bigger zine events, there are often like a, a just a wash of white dudes, yeah, you know, who look like Rivers Como. <laughs> <laughs> In it, that that that's the guy, the guy that's on all the stalls, and that's fine. Do you know what I mean? It's fine. Everybody can be there. That's cool. But like. But it is everywhere, do you know what I mean? It's taking up too much space. <laughs> it's about going, do you know what, Rivers? There's 14 of us here. Maybe maybe five of us this year. Maybe we'll let some other people in. Yeah. <laughs> and that's um, that's the thing as well with like just working with your mates. Because if you're not friends with anybody who is not like you, then anything you put together is just going to look like you. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> You need to make a fucking effort. And if you don't have people who don't look like you as friends, yes, you are still the problem. The problem isn't, oh, no, it's so annoying. Like, people are going to talk shit because I ain't got, you know, different types of people. No, the problem is still you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Why are all your friends Rivers Como? <laughs> you only need one. <laughs> oh, dear me. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Anything, yeah, I'm trying to think uh... of like little funny things that I think are not for me, but I, I'm very, <laughs> I don't know, I guess like going to certain places, you know, like fancy places. Like a restaurant or? Yeah, like a fancy restaurant. But even then, I, try, I don't even think I've been anywhere that fancy because I'm like, oh no. I think mainly because I'm like, that's expensive. You're not getting your money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm thinking of like, because it's mo- I usually go to those kind of places when I'm on holiday. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you'll go in a, a fancy building or a, you'll eat out somewhere fancy because I'm on on my, on my holidays. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of anywhere else or anything that I'm like, oh, that's not for you. <laughs> well, that one will segue nicely into my first point. Go on, what's your one? If I can steal that lead, and that is. For me, hotels, 
Right. Yeah, because you stay in a lot of hotels, don't you? Yes. <laughs> You're always jet setting, babes. <laughs> because I'm a luxury bitch. So, <laughs> um, with the job that I have, it's meant that I get to stay in quite a lot of hotels. And because I am not paying for said hotels, and if they're in the, the cap that we have set, it means sometimes um, it just happens to be that there's either a deal on or a book's you know, well in advance, which means I can stay in some incredible places. So, for me, hotels is a biggie. There's a story of... Um, I've got loads of stories about feeling like I don't fit into hotels, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm taking up space in this hotel, and I <laughs> am going to just fully live my best life whilst in this hotel. So, if you follow me on Instagram, you... Not for a while, to be fair, because I'm stuck in my house, but before that i will always give you a little tour of whatever hotel i'm in it's a little little favorite thing luxury ledge you've been hotels with, with balconies and everything mate i i really do try and maximize because at the end of the day these places i you know i'm not staying in myself put it that way so you know if you're lucky enough to be in a job where that happens then obviously like the last one do you remember it had a tv in the bath <laughs> do you remember that it's one insane. absolutely mental so Basically, right, you get a cap for certain cities. So if you've got a meeting in, like the company that I work for has bases in certain uh, cities. There's one in London and there's one in Edinburgh. And there are more, but them two are the ones that, you know, there's loads of like amazing city city places that you can stay at. And there's a cap. So if you book in advance, you might be able to get an amazing Hilton. Hilton honours one with them hot cookies when you go in. Or, you know, or you might end up with Travelodge. You don't know. So you've just got to, on the day, hope for the best. And I've just managed to get some amazing places. Like the one that I like to stay at in London um, is that one with the balcony. There's a balcony inside. It's so weird. So you've got your room and then you literally like step out of your window and then walk around the whole, like the outside of your room, which is a balcony. But it's in your room, but it's outside. It's mental. An inside, outside balcony. Yeah. I love that place, mate. So good. And um, yeah, I think hotels, every time I go in an hotel, I just, I don't know whether it's just in my head or whether they actually do it, but I feel like people are just going to be like, no, babes, the Travelodge is just the hotel <laughs> opposite if you want to turn around and go and go away, please. Um, I always feel like that. And it gets easier, but yeah, I, I often feel like that. Um, and linked into that as well is... As you were going to say before, these restaurants and these things about being in a hotel. So when you eat in a hotel, they've got that whole setup where it's like eight million forks and spoons, and you're like, I just don't understand. Just give me room service from the outside. <laughs> That's what they said on Titanic, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mate, we should do an episode about the class um, class politics of Titanic. In Titanic. I think. We'll get some experts in. Yeah, but. There's that, and there's also, it, this leads into one of my other things, is architecture. So I love buildings, right? I cannot articulate in a, oh yeah, do you like architecture? Yeah. What sort of architecture do you like? Don't know, just like nice buildings that look good. Do you know what I mean? I, it, it's my hobby, and I like it a lot, and I collect buildings, and I, I build little structures of buildings, and I love Lego versions. But I feel like if someone were to ask me, I wouldn't be able to talk about it in a way that would make them think, oh, yeah, she's legit into architecture. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I'd have to yeah. study it or know, oh, yeah. Because you wouldn't be, like, naming names or eras yeah. or 
types of architecture, like in terms of like an artistic way, you wouldn't be like, oh yeah, this blah, 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 I'm pretending like I know. Well, this is the thing, right? So, you know, I can get by on things like Art Deco. Yes, I was just going to say, I Art Deco is the one thing. <laughs> but I was like, no, Selena, don't say it because that's literally the only thing. Yeah, Art Deco. Yeah, ah, Art yeah, Deco. yeah. Bit of Art Deco, yeah. So, you know, I get, I can get by on stuff like that. But the, I think the, the point that I want to make here is that sometimes it's almost like even though you love this thing, it's not going to be read as that you genuinely love it because you can't speak the words that make it seem like you love it or have some kind of evidence to show it and therefore you don't. And I think that's shit because as a working class person, you don't always have access to that level of education, that level of culture. Like, for example, some of my mates now, you know, I've got kids and they take their kids to museums and that's great, right? When I was a kid and I grew up working class, I never went to no museums. So I didn't know who painters were. And I didn't know all these things to do with culture that people just don't even realise. You know, people are like, oh yeah, the so-and-so era. No idea. Do you know what I mean? So you're, you're on a back foot from day one. Even if you do an art degree, you're finding out that stuff as part of your art degree rather than finding out when you're five years old and you did a colouring in at the whatever gallery. Do you know? So I think... It's crap because it almost feels like you're taking things away from people who genuinely like something and then they feel like they can't talk about it or they want to hide it because, you know, imagine you were at a dinner party or something, right? I'm, I'm deliberately saying dinner party because it's fancy. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's around you makes the tea. <laughs> so if you were at a dinner party and someone said, oh, yeah, M, M loves architecture and there's a guy and he's an architect... I would just feel like a grade A fucking divvy. Do you know what I mean? Because they'd be like, oh, and you'd be like, please don't talk to me about it. Please don't talk to me about it. Please don't talk to me about it. Like, lo- loving the potatoes. Mm. <laughs> anyway, just going to nip outside. But, and do you know, if if that guy, it, it could be that the guy could get on a level with me and be like, yeah, what's your favourite building's decent? And we could have a chat, but he probably wouldn't. I think, you know I, mean? I know what you mean, because I think that like, even though, I think that's another reason why I say I'm not an artist because I only really like know about art that I like. Do you know? What? Yeah, exactly right. Same. And I and I grew up in a city, semi in a city, so where I, where I've got two or three museums and art galleries that are free entry, and so all my school trips every year would be to, you pay three pound for your coach, and then school will give you a packed lunch and take you to one of these art galleries that are down the road because I'm lucky enough to live that close to because I live in a major city. But even then, I don't, you know, and people are like, oh, yeah, it's a blah, blah, blah. Probably learn most of all my facts from the fucking chase. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, same, same. And I, I'll know some bits, but I know, I've never, like, delved into it. Yeah. Because I never studied it. And I've never, so I literally only know, like, the things I like. And then it's like that thing you say, oh, that's good. So then I'll look at that. And then that'll lead to somebody else. That'll lead to something else. So, yeah, I think it's another, that's another thing. And also, people assume that I just paint or draw, and I do neither. Yeah, so what uh, art is basically what? Drawing, painting. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> sewing. I do me sewing. <laughs> oh, dear. But, yeah, I think the what I'd like to term all that is is like self-discovered or self-taught. You know, that, that space of when in a, in a culture or in a topic or whatever where some people can be like, yeah, I studied for seven years and uh, I have seven PhDs. 
uh, I can't talk to you on a level where it's, what buildings do you like? Do you know what I mean? I they can't get to that I point. I always refer to myself as self-taught. I think it is to preempt that before you get into those conversations. Yeah, because you just it's don't like, want yeah, to look like a Wally. And yeah, it's not... It's not like I'm trying to give myself a chuff. I'm like, I didn't yeah. get everybody to show me did it on myself. Mm. And it's like, <laughs> this is where I've come from. So don't be asking me any stupid questions because I don't know the answer. Yeah, and also d- there's a bit of like covering covering yourself because yeah. I also hate when that situation. Not I've not I've not found myself at a dinner party discussing architecture <laughs> as yet. But you know, you do kind of just like put up a front, don't you? Like, oh yeah, yeah, don't talk to me about that. Just in case. I mean, you say that, um, but I'm pretty sure I've come round to your house, eaten a bag of crisps and discussed your Lego builds, which is the same as having a discussion over a dinner party about architecture. So Fair, fair dues. My type <laughs> of dinner party architecture conversation. <laughs> so also, this, this makes me think of another example that I was telling you about the other day, is my dad is, uh, he likes opera, right? <laughs> which makes me laugh when I say it out loud because it's so funny if you know my dad. <laughs> um, I mean, you've met him. You wouldn't have thought he yeah. liked opera. No, I wouldn't have been like, he's an opera guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, what it was, they watch a lot of these um, shows on a weekend where it's like Graham Norton and Johnny. They call him Johnny Ross. It's not Jonathan. Oh, he's on Johnny Ross tonight. So, <laughs> Graham Norton and Johnny Ross. So, one week... I can't, I'm probably going to say his name wrong, so I'm really sorry to everybody who, who knows his name properly. Andrea Bocelli? I think Yeah, I think name. that's how yeah. you say it, isn't it? Yeah, that's so, how I say it anyway. That'll, that'll do. So, my dad seen him on one of these shows, and he heard him sing, and he was like, I like that. I like the way he sounds. So then he went on Sky, and he searched for Andrea Bocelli, and then he watched a couple of his concerts, and this is like, you know, when my dad were in his 50s, he wasn't, he wasn't like well into opera, do you know what I mean? He didn't finish school row, he was very much, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say he was, if you're going to use the phrase cultured, he's like, not that guy, do you know what I mean? He doesn't, he wasn't reading or anything, he wasn't go going to the theatre, do you know what I mean? He's not... Yeah, not he's a, not like, we're well, looking at what's on in The Guardian being like, where are you going next? <laughs> Yeah, just just no, just none of that stuff. Um, you know, nine pound fifty sun holidays off to Scarborough, like that's my dad. So he just found that he actually liked Andrea Bocelli, and he didn't like you know go about telling people, oh yeah, I'm like big into opera now me, because he thought it wasn't for him. He just liked it in his own way and on his own terms. So anyway, he ended up they get all they get everything in the world from the works, right? So he's in the works and he's like ah. Oh, Seen these, uh, and this is how he talks. Uh, and uh, seen this uh, Andrea Bocelli, right, in uh, in the range or in the works, and uh, they were only one pound fifty these CDs. So anyway, I got a few of them CDs, <laughs> and he plays CDs in a like a little bloody boombox thing in kitchen, <laughs> and um, yeah, like get, gets proper into to all this, and then it opens up this world because you watch one Andrea Bocelli thing on Sky, and then there'll be another guy who he brings out or whatever. So he's got so into like, oh, checking him out, yeah. Yeah, so, it, you know, a bit like when you open a wiki tab, innit? Then you find <laughs> 17 more wiki tabs. <laughs> so, yeah, it gets into all this this uh, opera stuff. Never in a million years is that man going to see an opera show, right? He is never going to buy a ticket and go and see opera. He's also not going to be like buying an Andrea Bocelli t-shirt or a tote bag. It's his thing that he likes. 
that he keeps to himself because he feels like it's not it's not for him. He doesn't want anybody talking to him about it. He just likes it. And I think that story, to me, kind of is, a, is an example of what we're trying to say in this podcast episode because sometimes it's just for you, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You're not like... Yeah. It's and not it's like, about you on the outside, but... No, because I'm trying to even imagine, like, even if your dad went to see an opera, would he enjoy it? Not like, would he enjoy the opera, but would he enjoy the whole experience or would he spend his entire night being like, well, I don't feel... I feel a bit weird here. Yeah, he would definitely do that. And I, I spoke to him the other day, um, and he was saying... I said to him, oh, what, uh, oh no, it, that were it. He said, oh, my... Because um, he's retiring this summer. He goes... Might might be time to start dusting off the old golf clubs. He ain't got any golf clubs, by the way. That's that's the joke. So I'm like, right. And I said, where where would you even play golf like? And the only place I could think of is Hickleton, where one of my mates from school lived. And um, it's it's posh. It's a little village just outside of Donny. And um, he says, Hickleton? That's for posh lads, that. I ain't got a Mercedes. Right, that's what he said. <laughs> and he uses this phrase as well. You know, your average and your ordinary Joe Soap. <laughs> your, your, your average Joe Soap can't play golf at Ickleton, Emma. <laughs> it says, I've, I've been a few times with your Uncle Paul and we go to Carcroft. Carcroft's the council estate. We go to Carcroft. That's where normal people go. Do you know what I mean? That, so that's why, that's, that is an, another example of like, he would never go to an opera. Because he'd be like, I think, not for me. I that. think as well for me, I've just thought that it's like, a lot of probably more like upper middle or like top, you know, top. I don't know what even comes after that. The elite, you know, they assume that we all want to be in there. You know, we want to be in the opera. We want to be um, playing golf in Nicholson. But it's like, I don't want to be there. <laughs> Why would I want to be there? Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? Yeah, yeah. This assumption is like, yeah, it's not for me. But sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that because I don't want to go there. Yeah, like, I wouldn't have fun there. The pure, the pure essence of it is you like the opera or you like the building or you want to be sleeping in a bloody beaut hotel. But at the same time, doesn't mean that that place feels welcoming and that you're happy to, to go and like perform it outwardly. Do you know what I mean? Be seen yeah. in those places or like the, the things that make you uncomfortable and not the fact that it's a lovely place to be and it's your favourite thing that you're listening to. It's, it's the social construct around it. I think often there's like you wouldn't openly admit about liking certain stuff <clears throat> that isn't for your class and because you get ribbed. But I'm like, do people yeah. then take the mick out of you because that's a defence mechanism because you're so often told that you are not good enough for this thing, whether that is coming to the opera or knowing about something. So when you get told constantly, like, your whole life, it's not for you, you're not good enough for, for this. It's, it's for other people who are more intelligent or better dressed or yeah. have more money. So you instantly be like, oh, well, I don't want it anyway. And so then you'd be like, oh, I can't tell everyone I like the opera because I'll take the piss out of me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. You are la dee da Come in here with your, with your opera. Well, it totally is. And like, look at all the different films and books and stuff that and TV shows that cover that exact thing. You know, like you, you're really good at something, but I don't belong there. I'm going to use one of my favourite working class Billy film Elliot. examples, Billy Elliot. <laughs> is that what you're going to say? Yeah, exactly. Of course I was. Of course I was. <laughs> oh, that was another thing actually. I forgot to write that on my list. I was thinking because obviously I love dancing, so I have to talk it, took it back to myself. And obviously I love uh, talking about Billy Elliot. I love making a reference <laughs> to Billy Elliot at least once. I'm going to get my parker and do an angry dance. <laughs> and um, I currently, so I tapped as a kid. I did baton twirling, which was like 
I think that's kind of like, you know, the not the disco dancers of the world, not the kids in neon who nearly pull their leg out of the socket doing a, a kick. Yeah. It's not them. But it's not like, it's not your ballets. It's your, I don't know what it is. It's that, but the kids that go there, I think we're mostly kind of like working class or like really lower middle class. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And then at school I did dance. And then I did, I went to like contemporary, managed to do contemporary. So that contemporary is a bit posher. Um, but even then there was a lot of, that had a mixture of a lot of girls from other schools that weren't in Manchester that weren't like fancy schools. Um, and as, as I said, I do dance as an adult, but I do tap. And I think tap is quite a mismatch of ages and different people. So it's like a nice, but a lot of them had danced from when they were little. And even when I'm doing like shows, do like adult, adult shows, that's not true, but like, they're Ooh. all adult classes. <laughs> so then we get together like twice a year and do a show. Uh, and I think about, I'm like, I, re- I, sl- I slowly realise that a lot of the people that do the classes are, they're either people that have studied dance or they dance from when they were little. So even though I did dance when I was little, it wasn't the same. You know, you went to dance classes and stuff. And I, I realised that I'm like, oh, dancing's very, I think that's a very middle class thing as well, isn't it? And I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't for me. But then I think because I do do my classes with such a, a mixture of people, it's kind of stopped but I feel like there was many classes where you could attend and I think overall the whole dance school that I go to is a really nice mixture but I think approaching that as an adult because as a child you're probably not as aware maybe you are but yeah I think yeah. as an adult it's a lot harder because it is especially ballet it's very very but again the ballet is not for you <laughs> it's not for us <laughs> but yeah so that you know obviously like Billy Elliot wasn't you know he's like dancing is he mad Mate, I fucking love talking about Billy Elliot. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like as a dancer, it's very true about Billy. <laughs> but yeah, I think it is another space where there is a certain type of dancing. For example, the disco dancers that wear fake tan and neon outfits. You know, there's certain dancing that is is for a lower class, and then there's different dancing that's yeah. But even I think even if I went to see a dance show like a professional ballet I'd be like oh, this is a bit I think I've been to see a couple with like dance groups or a school trip yeah but even then you know it's, it's a bit like like going to the theatre or something you feel a bit like oh, well when you see it on telly and stuff like when you're a kid you do think everybody wears a ball gown don't you to go to the ballet <laughs> yeah. or the opera when actually there there are people there wearing trainers but like <laughs> but you get the misconception that you have to like <laughs> on this ridiculously fancy outfit yeah i have to wear a penguin suit to go there so it's not for me but um yeah do you know like it just made me think then you know that amazing bit in full monty where they're trying to find out how to dance by watching flash dance and he's like she can't weld for toffee (laughs) (laughs) so this twizzling about bollocks (laughs) but even if if you're talking about dancing there's like not even like your billy elliott's or your full monty's you've got your, your classic american dance trope movie trope there's always like some kid from the hood yep infiltrates the ballet school <laughs> somehow mate step up films and though. it's like yeah <laughs> but like that's the that's the dance film trope isn't it it's like this whole yeah it's so weird it's like i'm coming i'm coming in from the streets i'll show you how to dance but then don't forget them uh, amazing ones where for a few years it was all about like the white girl who goes and makes okay, and friends they flipped it around yeah. yeah and she gets into street dance <laughs> <laughs> she's like yeah i'm an uptight ballerina but you know 
Loosen up a bit, babe. Put some hip hop on. Look at me go. I can twerk. Yeah. Watch yeah. them shoulders start loosening <laughs> up. Um, a lot of good films in that term. You know, Save the Last Dance, Bit of Coyote Ugly. Loads of good stuff. Yeah. Um, so I have two two more points and then let's uh, let's see what the people have got to say. Yeah. Um, the, quickly, one of mine was Other People's Houses. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've definitely talked about this one before, but yeah, being being called rude because I don't know about, you know, etiquette of people's houses because, you know, when you're dragged up, you don't always know these rules. So one of them was, uh, yeah, my, mate, my mate's mum said I couldn't come round for tea anymore because I didn't use my knife and fork properly. Also, I didn't say please and thank you enough, apparently. Um, you know, definitely just judge the kid for that, not a problem. Um, things like when I, I have a really good way of finding like the people that I end up being in relationships with seem to always be middle class or at least they seem to start be working class. Then I get to like them a bit more and then it turns out they're actually not, (laughs) they're very much more middle class. But through that, I've learned loads of other things that I didn't know about. So for example, you shouldn't go around to people's houses, uh, without socks that was one I didn't know. And then you just feel like an absolute arsehole for ages and you feel like people are just laughing at you. And you do you know what I mean? It's like a shame thing. So I, I, I like to wear slip-on shoes a lot and I don't, you know, I didn't realise it was a thing. Now I do and I carry socks in my tote bag. <laughs> but that was the thing I didn't know. Another one was that you're not supposed to um, bring snacks around to people's I knew houses. I like, is, is this your, is this your crisp one? Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Like... You know, what, what's what's the problem with going round to someone's house and bringing out crisps from your bag I and mean, eating them? I mean, you've met me. I probably I literally carry a bag of crisps everywhere. But do you think, Especially though, if I'm going to someone's house, I'll take a bigger bag of crisps in case they want to eat them with me. Do you know what I mean? Do you think, though, I, I think that's because when we would go round to other people's houses as working-class people, you don't expect to get fed. That That's no. fucking rude. You don't just go around like, all right, when we're having some potato waffles. We don't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You, your mum sends you I mean, I've told fed. you about when I used to sneak, if my mates were around, I'd sneak downstairs and eat a penguin or a club because <laughs> I didn't want to share with them because I'm like, we don't have that many and I don't want everyone else to eat it. So I'd be like, I'll just go and get some Kiora and I'd go down, I'd shove a chocolate bar and quickly went back upstairs if I juice. Mate, my, my mum would be fuming. If I had people around, she'd be like, don't you be eating my bread. Do you know what I mean? Don't, <laughs> don't you be giving bloody toast out to everybody. Like, so I think that's the thing. We're, we're used to going... Well, I'm not expecting to get fed, and if I'm hungry, I'm hungry. So I just, get, I think, you know, take snacks. Yeah, I also, like I said, I always I take snacks, but I also take extra snacks because if I'm going to someone's house, yeah, they'll probably make me a brew. You know, I'm going to their house. I want to take a gift, which is a snack. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that was weird. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Do you have any as well? But they're I'm like, trying to think. You do just no, find them I, out. I think with me, it's more like if you go in. I'm trying to think whose houses have... I think, because obviously most houses I've been in have been either people I went to school with, so they all had similar houses. And my mum was always worried about people coming in and be like, don't let me use my toilet. <laughs> I get wee on the seat. So she's like, coming in with the muddy feet. Um, but I, I think I realise now, but we when I was probably like late teens, it was like I go somewhere and if someone had an ensuite, I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, what is that? What's a downstairs loo mate, to be fair? Because I remember, yeah, I remember <laughs> when, um, on my old street where I used to live, someone on the other 
outside, they had um, a loft conversion, and we all were, we all were all those kids went round. We wanted to go in, and then um, one of the kids' a bedroom was then in the loft, and we were all like, "Can Ooh. we can we come round and see?" And we were all like, "Bloody hell, three stories!" You know, you're like loft conversion. It was you know it was like this secret that we were all like, "What?" But yeah, ensuite. Some you know someone that's got probably more bedrooms than the people that live there. That's a, that's a word, isn't it? But yeah, I think people go like, I've got two bathrooms. Like, two, two bathrooms. What the Do fuck you know? My mum. Back gardens. What? My mum to this day still says, "Oh, I'll tell you what, if I win lottery, I'm having a downstairs loo." Um, my mum also says that she was yeah. going under the day. She went. She said she was like, "I'm going to put a downstairs loo in the cupboard under the stairs." I was like, "Where's all the crap that's in that cupboard? Gotta go." She's like, "I just want a downstairs toilet." It- I think there's a there's a certain generation of, of working class people and that is still the goal. It's absolutely still the goal. Um the final thing from from me is I was gonna say like as well the feminism stuff, so like you touched on it earlier anyway, but yeah, feeling like you couldn't really be involved in feminist spaces because you didn't understand words like um I, I didn't understand what autonomous was at the time when I was joining like they, they were like forming collectives and shit. You couldn't just like feminism and go for a for a dance party, you had to join and, and be a member and stuff and use your use your autonomy i don't even know if i'm using that in the right way now <laughs> just just these words and i was like mm, what's a non what's an autonomous space don't know anyway felt very ousted um the final one is writing and i'm gonna end on like a, a fun note for this section because i'm gonna tell you that yesterday i got paid for the first time ever f- because of writing which is mad because I've been writing since I was a kid, right? I mean, you know this. I have been published a bunch of times. I used to do music journalism, but I was never like a staff writer, so therefore you don't actually get paid. Um, I've been published uh, for short stories in people's books and stuff, but again, not enough to get ever get paid. And um, yesterday, I got my first payment, like a 50% payment, for proper proper writing right proper with three p's and um yeah got got the first payment actually hit my bank yesterday so what i did was i went and spent a hundred quid of that on amazon (laughs) it's naughty naughty i know amazon is naughty but also i've got prime membership so i am not paying for delivery costs when i don't need to (laughs) that's that's where i'm at with it at the moment people anyway also, you can get it all delivered and it's dead good and it comes like tomorrow. So for right now, that's, that's my naughty thing that I do. Um, but yeah, spend it on books because books are super important and uh, I haven't bought any new books for ages. And how to become a better writer? Read more. So I feel like it was a good thing of this is the next step for me, right? So I am going to read a load more books, get some more ideas and, and write some more stuff because now I'm a bloody person who gets paid to write you, you're a writer you're a fully fledged writer and do you know i've said i was a writer all this time like but always got yeah i'm a writer yeah because yeah. i fucking write <laughs> but did i ever get paid for it is that the justification like like you with being art being an artist yeah. it's like is it that when you first get paid it's like oh right i'm legit now do you know what someone's I mean? bought me art Ooh, but someone who's not my mates because only my mates buy my art anyway yeah and like, like you know with zines i've written zines but it don't feel like it's proper writing in the same way that getting published and being getting a down payment for like a nice amount of money for writing something. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't feel like the same thing. And I think that's another thing that similar to art, writing is one of them where you feel like you yeah. have to do a certain style or, oh yeah, you know, where have you been published before? Have you got a portfolio? 
you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. Um, I've put out bloody zines my entire life. I've written blogs for years. But somehow... Yeah, what is it? Where where have you been? You're like, yeah, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Somehow you're not, like, legit or proper until you've had that moment, somehow. Uh, That's just made me think of... Because you're saying you got paid for it. And also I'm staring at my bit of washi tape that I have taped to my um, laptop that that has my hourly rate. Um, The amount per hour is cheap. You can do it. Because I find it very difficult to ask for money. Yep, yep. (laughs) And I think that's another, you know, it's not for me, not for me asking for money. I hate, the one thing I hate more than, no, I don't, that's not the sentence. I don't hate anything more than when someone emails me saying, we've got this job. Like, if they tell me their budget, yeah, but then they just go, how much do you want? I'm like, I don't know. I'm either like, for free. <laughs> I'm really bad at charging. <laughs> I'll just do it for free. But yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, what's the hourly rate? You know, I hate it. I hate it so much. And I think, yeah, that being asking for money, and I find some other people do it so easily, and I find it very hard. Well, yeah, there's there's lots of people who exist purely by getting grants because they know how to write grant applications, um, and they fund their entire life through, you know, different funding, whatever they're called, agencies. I don't know you know, just on certain projects, they know what to say to people to, to fund their lifestyles. So I think that is a definite class thing. Yeah, and I think, like you're saying, like, getting paid for something, I'm like, I'm like, was it even worth that payment? Which is weird, you know, because obviously my hourly rate for doing a workshop is different to my hourly rate working in a shop. Yeah. So I'm like, if I, when I compare it, I'm like, that's insane. I didn't do that much work. I sat on my bum just chatting to people going, yeah, just cut that there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's a bit weird. So, well, yeah. There's that thing as well, and, and you know, we, we're aware of people who do this, but you also have people who, when I say fund their lifestyle, this is what I mean, where I think middle-class people, or some, you know, some even mid- uh, working class, I don't know, are comfortable with... When they get a grant, that pays their rent and that pays, um, you know, their their lifestyle to be an artist full time. Inverted commas. Whereas, I think for me, I'd be like, God, if if I got a grant and it was about producing some work, I feel like the only thing I'd be able to spend that money on is like the pen that I would use, or <laughs> the paints. Yeah, <laughs> Do I, you know I, mean? I, I, yeah, I'd be like, oh my god. Oh no! I've spent two pound on something. Oh shit! Yeah. I didn't use it for that in the end. Oh, be like, I, oh, I can't possibly spend that on just eat. Do you know what I mean? Or my rent, or my lecky bill? Like you just, oh no, no, that's that's not right. That. So I think that's the thing as well, isn't it? It's not tangible, and you grow up with parents often if you're working class or like you know people who are around you that are adults. They're not doing things like getting paid to consult. You know what's a what's a consultant what does that mean you've got somebody who graphs and then they come home and they've been paid for grafting you don't you don't understand what it's ah oh, yes i'm a curator what do you do though don't get it yeah it's like what what are you actually being paid to do it's like um it's a lot you're just not quite getting it you're like yeah but and that's why i'm always you know back to when i was saying it's not a real job but yeah. it is a real job but it's not a real job but because right, i've got a real job as well that's why we end up in jobs getting paid for call because we don't understand our worth because we've got nothing to compare it to. Do you know what I mean? You're just saying, oh, this is work, this is shit. I know you, you do have some choices, you know. Um, 
it just popped into my head then, let me tell you a funny quote that my mum says. It's not regarding the world of work, but it's regarding knowing that you have choices in your life. Whenever um, <laughs> whenever she's, like, ironing something she doesn't need to be ironing, like socks or bedding, yeah. she'll be like, ugh, I'm coming back as a bloody man, me. That's what she says. There's so many layers to it. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> but do you know what I mean, though? That's the vibe. That's the vibe of this whole thing. <laughs> Nobody's got you to iron your socks. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you're coming back, you're coming back as a man. Oh. So, so let's um, let's find out what some people said on Instagram. And then so we've... to um, to end, I was going to say where we should do a where do you feel you belong, right? So where, okay. where do you actually like? Where, where, where do, do you I thrive? Feel good? Yeah. Um, so uni, which I, I think, I think maybe mention once or twice, but I imagine, I mean, I've never been to uni. I've, I work with a lot of uni students. Um, well, they're all pretty cool, but I imagine like some of the things, some of the stories are here. I'm like, oh, it's not for me that. <laughs> yeah. You do get very othered. Like I went to uni of, but, um, yeah, just, I totally get how a lot of people, uni is the first point that you feel othered. And I imagine even more so now, um, because I've got friends now who work in universities and obviously because there's lack of help for working class people to get into university. I imagine it's even more of a rarity now. Yeah, and do you know, something that I shared as well on, on Twitter and a few people message me about it is in my third year uni my dad was unemployed right and you know it was all I can't remember what they call it like income based or something and because he was unemployed I got a grant on top of the student loan that I had she's like buzzing got a grant someone told me about it as well because as ever you you don't know about grants and you don't know about benefits till someone tells you about them Uh, you could be absolutely on your ass and not realize that there's this help available and um so someone told me I got this grant and then my dad got a job um, like in the last two months of that financial year. So I'd actually finished uni and then I got a, a bill through the post saying, oh yeah, well, we've seen that, you know, that grant that we gave you because your parent was unemployed. They actually became employed again in that time period. So yeah, it was all that money back now. <laughs> it's amazing, that, isn't it? Thanks. I feel like that it's that feeling when you step into uni, you're stepping into a world that doesn't feel like it's for you. So you don't know how to navigate it. You don't know how it works. You don't know. You know, I thought, oh, well, someone's going to give me some support and money. Great. Actually, no, they weren't. It was a trick. <laughs> um, <laughs> they just lied to you. Yeah. So it's that. I totally get the university thing. And just, you know, some sometimes even just school or college, uh, you know, you might be going to like an after school class for people who are clever and you're like oh yeah this is different to what i'm used to do you know what i mean yeah i think that's yeah schooling and education often i think when, when we talk to other people who are working class is often the bit where you realize that you're either going to somebody else's house who's got who's got money or who is middle class or or even like upper class whatever that's when you realize you're different or it's school yeah i think especially because you're at school you don't really know I mean, I feel like major- majority of people at my school were working class. Well, it's um, like catchment areas as well, isn't it? You usually yeah. with people who you live around. 
so yes i can imagine it's, it's like that and then when i when i went to college it was very different for three weeks um <laughs> so i imagine uni is <laughs> even more so because it isn't literally just like who lives who lives around the corner as with college because schools who around the corner colleges you're a bit further because you get a, you might get a bus there train there but then uni's like i can literally be from anywhere yeah and you're, you're displaced right in a place where you might you're not surrounded by the same things that you know and like for example you know how estates are do you know what i mean you know how it all goes you know how to not piss your neighbors off you know things that are like you just don't do in a in a terrace house <laughs> yeah and then, and then you're like living with people you don't know yeah. so and they all think you're even rude. little things like yeah it's like oh <laughs> that's very in this food i'm eating that do you know what i mean like, i can imagine some minefield yeah um, a couple of other things we've got is galleries and venues which i think we've kind of touched upon yeah like certain certain like actual buildings that for whatever reason whether that's the way they are made how fancy they look that the people like that work there or like who they're aimed at i think it's mostly who they're aimed at yeah just sometimes walking around in a space you feel like are people staring at me am i doing this wrong have i got the wrong shoes on do you know what I mean? Should am I allowed to look at my phone? Am I talking too loud? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Am I, like, what? What's the deal here? I, I do think that a lot. I think even now, I still will walk into a gallery and be like, "Am I doing something wrong here? Am I allowed to take a picture? Am I allowed to do this?" There's no. Yeah, I feel comfortable here. I'm here for the art. <laughs> yeah, I still don't feel like that now at 33. Um, we've got working from home. I feel mm. like a class traitor. Which- <laughs> um in terms of like I think because I've been feeling that a bit because obviously I work in a shop but it's a non-essential shop so I feel a bit like I've I've been I've bougied out yeah no it's it's right it's a total real thing like working from home makes you feel like a class traitor I get that because you see other people out there literally risking their lives not because they're fucking like (laughs) Heroes. Oh, we've had this I'm conversation this before. Wanna, yeah. I just want to be a hero. It's like, no, because they want to pay the fucking rent and have somewhere to live and feed their kids. It's all like, it reminds me of that that scene in South Park where it's Operation Human Shield. It's like, you are so lucky to be on the front line. See ya! <laughs> In it? <laughs> like, yeah, send that, them off to war. that makes you feel even more like, should I, should I be out there? Yeah, you're just like, yeah. oh, well. With my people, with my people, should I be out there? Yeah, you know, you've got your mum and your auntie and your cousins who are like, all right, staying at home, are we? Working from home, are we? Ha! <laughs> your fancy job in an office. It's basically anyone that works in an office, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which makes you fancy. Yeah, it, it's that tone of voice, isn't it? Like, oh, hi, here she is. Feet up, pyjamas on. <laughs> working, are we? Are we working? Oh, working right hard, are we? Even though you're doing the same job that you would in an, in an office building. Yeah. Oh, mate, I, I'm fully aware of it. Same, same about going to uni. All right, here she is, back from uni, are we? Oh, been to uni. <laughs> <laughs> but is that thing going to say? It's like, do we say that as a defence? It's like, it's not for us. So we, we don't want it to be for us anyway. Didn't want it anyway. Didn't want it. You can have it. Um, one that made me laugh, but I don't know if it made me laugh because I feel like um, electric toothbrushes, but I've had a, I've had the same electric toothbrush for about <laughs> 10 years. I've changed the head, don't worry. But someone said electric toothbrush. I was like, oh my God, I'm posh. I love um, how specific that is as well. And it's yeah. so right. It's like, can you brush your teeth with a toothbrush? A manual brush, if you will. Of course you can. So I mean, I've got a confession. <laughs> so I have two toothbrushes. I always have 
I think I can't be asked to use my electric toothbrush at night. I got it as a Christmas present off my mum about 10 years ago. Um, So I use my electric toothbrush in the morning and I've now got a bamboo toothbrush for my evening brush. Ooh, my evening brush. I'm very fancy. Do you think, like, it comes down to that... um, I think Chris Rock says it in one of his stand-ups and he was talking about water. And, like, in fact, a few people, I think, have covered it in stand-up, is people, like, just... Can you believe that now you can pay like three quid for a bottle of water when it comes for free out of the fucking tap? <laughs> that's what that's the same kind of thing as an electric toothbrush, isn't it? Because you're like, yeah, but it still cleans your teeth. <laughs> a manual brush still cleans your teeth, you dickhead. You know, you just feel like, oh, we've got a bottle of water, have we? Can't go to bloody tap. Yeah, it's like, I think with any like kitchen appliance or something. I mean, I'm obviously standing by my electric toothbrush. Um, I really like it. I love electric toothbrush. I'll never go back. Um, but you know when you see like another like an appliance or something that it's, it's fundamentally a toaster, but it's got something added to it, and they charge you like four hundred pound. You're like, but it's literally just going to make you toast. It's a panini press, and I can't live without it. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a toaster. <laughs> it's literally a toaster. Like I don't know. I feel like you're like, what? What does it do? But I think they just try and invent new things for people with money to spend their money on because they ran out of things to buy yep breville um, the empire of breville oh yeah i mean if you've got a breville and, a, and an actual toaster or a grill to toast they're the two main toasting elements you need <laughs> like you don't need anything else you don't need a panini press you can't make a proper toasty in a panini press disgraceful um this is a funny one it's not a funny one as in haha but one I often think about. So, like, branded versus own brand. See, I've had discussions with working-class friends, two different. So I've had people that only buy own brands, and I've had people that only buy brands. So I'm on the side of only buying brands. Same. Often we buy... I mean, when we were really poor, we'd buy, like, no-frills crisp. I've told you that story before where my mum and my sister used to go. We used to go quick save and buy no-frills plain crisps, and my sister put, like... <laughs> Fucking Sarsons vinegar on them, <laughs> spinning in the bottom of the packet so she could have salt and vinegar crisp. <laughs> I'd be like, Ugh. Um, but yeah, I think it, partly because you know you like certain brands. Like I buy own branding stuff now. It depends what I like, but also you don't want to be seen as poor. Do you know what I mean? Well, this is a thing, right? And I, I'm a brands person. Comes as a surprise to nobody. I like brands, <laughs> um, and for me, it's I've I've had it used to sort of shame me quite a lot. Again, because end up bloody living with middle class folks, they own our whatever. And they'll be like, What? Save money, you just bought. You say you've got no money and you, you're going to spend your money on Heinz. Yes, I'm going to fucking spend my money on Heinz. You're not going to police what I'm spending my money on. But yeah, I like, I'm a total brand snob and I will not buy own brand stuff. And I would rather buy four things in a shop than 20 things if it meant that I get what I want to get. Because that's just how I am. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to compromise and yeah. I'm not going to live like worse than I fit. Like it, it's about where you see yourself as well, isn't it? Like you don't, I think middle-class hippies love buying own brand stuff and being like, oh, it tastes just the same. It don't love. Because when you don't have a choice and you've got to eat like shit things, you're like, I'm never eating that again. Minute I get a job, I'm buying That's hands. the thing. It's like I said, obviously there was times when we couldn't, but even now, like I'll buy some tea bags of own brand, some are not. Like me, me main tea is Yorkshire, but then all my other my, all my other fancy teas would be just be Asda's because I'm like, oh, I don't care enough for him to be. But yeah. you know what I mean? I like I'll buy an Asda pizza, 
because that'll be all right. But I feel like I'm, you know, I'm thinking like, yeah, there's necessity, and there are people now who can't afford even own brand food, never mind food. But then it's that thing, like you're saying, like people are like, oh, it tastes the same. It's like when you open your cupboard and everything's no, there's no colours. This is like capitalism, but like everything's white, you know, because basically sometimes an own brand is just no pack, no nice packaging, which is yeah. weird. Or like you're at school, your kids at school, and everyone's got a penguin, and they rip out. Not even a puffin. I'm talking really old below puffins because puffins are right, but. <laughs> The one below Puffin where there's not even a name on the wrapper. Do you know what I mean? And they're getting picked on. They used to be, I know the exact ones, were it Safeway and they were white and they just had a title on. So completely white. So that's how you knew it weren't a real penguin because they were white. Yeah, that's the thing. I think most is coming just white wrappers. And it's stupid that that's how we're judged. And, you know, I've been times when we didn't have any food in or enough things to eat and we have it. So I think that's why when we do get money, we're like, way we're living the big time. I can get some named beans. Yeah. I don't have to get, I get some named beans at like 20p more I can. Beans is the thing as well. I think like beans, for me, you, you can't compromise. I can go to HP at a push. Right? What's your bean brand? Heinz, mate. Oh, I, I'm a brand, we're a Branston family. I can't, yeah, do you know what? Branston, I can maybe do them. Anything else, any own brand shit, never in a million years. It's just wrong. It just tastes completely wrong. I'm not having it. And, like, I will not be shamed for it anymore. I will fully argue with people who want to shame me, like, working class and brands. Ugh, such a, such a big political area. <laughs> the thing is, I, I, I can, it depends on, I can jump on both sides. I can be like, look, that's too fucking expensive. You've just changed the wrapper. Some people can't afford to eat. But then I can also be like, if I want to buy a, a branded beans i'm gonna buy a branded beans what you're gonna fucking do you know when it's about you it's different and it's like just listen i will do it i want you can't fucking police my ways (laughs) (laughs) i always come back to jamie oliver having a go being like they can't even feed the kids properly but they've got a widescreen tv on the wall i'm like first of all that was on hp no one's bought that outright unless it's 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 not legit money but even then none of our business second of all shut your stupid mouth that's 33 pence a week for 47 <laughs> yeah. years and that shut your fucking mouth. But is that, yeah, it, and it's like, oh, you can't go on holiday. Yeah, I think that's, I know we, that's why we get annoyed by brands. And it's that, even yeah, it's either you're getting picked on for having shit brands, by, even by the kids that are also in the same boat. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, and do you know? Like, no one could afford them rock pot. It's right. always rock pots. It's always... <laughs> Everyone's buying, paying for them weekly, but yeah, if you haven't got, but then some kid whose parents can't even afford to pay for them weekly has got like some from Shoe Zone and they're getting picked on. It's like, your mum's paying 20p a week, sure. Yeah, exactly, right. If you're going to even try and go to school with some rock, fake rock pots from fucking Shoe Zone, you just murdered at school. That's simply it. You will never recover from that. But yeah, the brand for me is. I can have an infight with working class people about brands. As I said, flip-flopping from side to side. But nobody else come at me and tell me I should either be buying own brand or branded. Either way, don't yeah. tell me. Just get, don't tell me. Get out. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of like brands, specialist makeup counters. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Like, I don't even... Oh, yeah, I wouldn't know where to start. Do you know, like, when you go into Boots, though, you can go to, like, the Nyx aisle or you can go to, like, you know, them ones where it's, like, Maybelline, L'Oreal, Barrier. Yeah, the, you, you, you sta- your standard, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Number seven. Yeah, just, Barry and Rimmel. You just go and pick your stuff up, don't you? And then, then you go. Yeah. But if you go to one of them counters, they're like, oh, should we do a skin test? And they want to touch you and they want to like, and you just I feel mean, like, oh, no, that's not for me. As soon as I said that, I'm like, bloody hell, is this like me at work? <laughs> <laughs> but then I often, I fight a lot at work. Like I went to the founder of my company and was like, your company's too white and middle class. And I think a lot, I've been in a lot of different shops run by my company. And some, some I'm just like, I'm like, oh, God, fucking middle-class hippies. And some I'm like, oh, yeah. But I think, I know as a team, we really want to be, like, quite Manchester, if that makes sense. Like, there's not many people that are from Manchester who work in the shop because, I said, it's very much a sh- appeals to students where I work. But we like to keep it, you know, want to keep it real. <laughs> We're very much like... But I think... Real. Like, my boss isn't from Manchester, but he's from, like, a... But I don't think he's probably from too far from you, Em. But, like, a mining town in south yorkshire oh the best um you know so we're very much like we need to keep it a bit real <laughs> well i think as well the company that you work for i love how we both say oh, yeah, <laughs> the company we work for even though everybody knows who we work for is um it's it's different in that you guys are like accessible do you know what i mean everyone's got like a septum ring and body hair like yeah. in if you're gonna boot they've all got they look like air hostesses yeah, it's very very clean and yeah. clinical. They're all like, yeah, do you want to buy this um, Elizabeth Arden, I don't know, facial gel? DDFFBBZZYY cream. Yeah, it's got retinol and 3% orange juice. It's like a primer primer, but a pre-primer after primer. You and you're like, like, oh, no. And then all of a sudden, you've spent 450 quid. And you're like, oh, <laughs> bloody got me again. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't because your card would get declined. But <laughs> you'd get to the till and you'd be like, burp, burp, uh-oh, they got me. Because you think, you know, oh, there's only three things in my hand. That's not £75. Oh, yes, it is because I'm at Mac. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's a good one. But yeah, I could, I could, if I even try, I don't, so I don't, I just don't try and get into that area. And I feel like, it's like, um, I'm just going to retell a story that's not mine. But like my friend went and bought like a whiskey, a fancy whiskey somewhere high up in Scotland for their brother-in-law, but spent too much because you want to be judged and be like, yeah, that's in my price range. And like, yeah. It wasn't really. We're like, yeah, it's that thing, isn't it? And I feel like supermarkets, that's another reason why I, I feel like buying brands in a supermarket makes you feel a bit good sometimes. Because unless you go into a specialist supermarket, M&S or Waitrose, although I go in M&S because it's opposite my work, um, I feel like generally everyone, you can feel like everyone's the same in a supermarket. Yeah, totally. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you could have all walks of life in a, in a Tesco or a Sainsbury's, not, obviously not in a Waitrose. You know, there's people that shop there. There's people that literally go and find the yellow stickers to see what bargains there is. Yep. Um, so I feel like there you can feel a bit fancy, you know, down your aisles buying your branded stuff. But then as soon as you go into another shop where you're like, oh, my God, like, how does it work? Well, it's the fact that when you, you, you can't just you go up ask- and pick it up. <laughs> Yeah, anywhere, anywhere you have to ask to look at something, you're yeah. always like, this is, as soon as I've touched it, I'm going to have to buy it, and it's too expensive. Yeah, if that's the thing. If you can't just walk up to it and buy it, like, for example, buying an expensive perfume, it's, like, locked behind glass, and you have to ask yeah. for it. 
but certain places you can just go buy perfume and it's fine. So it's that yeah. thing in it. You do you feel like, ooh, I've opened the door now, so I'm inclined to buy it, and it's probably yeah, really like yeah, I always used to be like, I don't want to ask to see it because then that the awkward thing where you just wanted to look at it and you're like, I'm gonna leave now. Like, how do you do that interaction? Yeah, like, thanks. Yeah, it's very expensive. Bye. <laughs> Sorry, I can't afford it. Mm, bye. So you just go, yeah, I'll buy that. You're like, oh my god, why am I buying this thing? <laughs> Is there any more? Um, no, I think that was it. Yeah. Decent, some good ones there. So I don't know if somebody might have mentioned work, but yeah. God, yeah, work. I think that the self-taught thing as well comes into that, doesn't it? Where you feel sometimes yeah. like, you know, if you weren't, if you didn't go to uni to study it or or whatever, you're like, oh God, should I be here? And then all of a sudden you're like, goodbye, imposter syndrome, I'm excellent. But so let's end on a positive. I realise this is a long episode as well, right? This is an hour and a half already oh bloody hell. Um, bloody hell. but you know well, it's what the people want <laughs> let's pretend it's what the people want <laughs> so to end i think let's talk about where do you feel you belong so the the polar opposite where are you like oh i can be myself it's amazing <laughs> i don't know well one story like i used to go to my friend katie's house and we became such good friends we used to laugh about own brand things actually We'd be like, oh, when your mum comes home with smart farm foods. It used to be called farm foods before it was smart price. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you got no frills. And we literally just like nearly, well, probably did like actually piss ourselves laughing. Um, so anywhere, anyone's house where you go in and you instantly recognise something that reminds you of your house. <laughs> or they'll do, or they'll give you a certain food or a certain thing. You're like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, people's homes. But people's homes are like my home. Yeah, that's that's legit, and you can like get yeah. up and not feel like people are judging you because I don't know because of your snacks or your <laughs> no socks, socks or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and you, you sit down and someone will go, "You want a brew?" And you're like, "Oh, yeah. go on, lass!" And you don't need to go. Uh, what what? Oh my god, yeah. Are you using are you using one of them weird things where it's got like it's like metal and you put leaves in it? Because I don't want that tea. <laughs> I'm going to give you that tea next time you come to my house now. <laughs> Selena, I don't understand it. I don't know what to do with it. I got, I got sent some recently and I just, it sat there and it looks nice, but I don't know what to do with it. I'll, I'll, I'll sort you out, it's fine. What happens? What implement do I use? <laughs> do you know what I mean? So you, somewhere where you can just go, yeah, I'll, I'll have that off the menu and it's not going to come back and you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. you're going to go, I'll get a place at this restaurant and then you'll go with somebody, I don't know, from work or maybe you're on a date and you don't really know the other person yet. And then you go in and you're like, I don't know. Like the the amount of places I've ate at for like PR meetings and stuff through work when I used to work in my old job. And there was one there was one incident, you know, the Spice Girls Hotel where they did want to be on the stairs. Oh, yeah. We ate there, right? Claire Balding was, by the way, about two... Well, it's like social distancing, to be fair. She's about six foot away from me. She was so <laughs> close having a meeting. And I was having a meeting with all these fancy PR people. Selena, I did not know one thing on the menu and they didn't have chips. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't not know what anything in like a meant. fancy way? Not no. even in a pretentious chip way? No. No, no frites, no nothing. 
<laughs> no, four, like £4.50 for each. Nothing. I didn't understand it. It was all like sides of asparagus and shit like that, a pot of asparagus. I did not know what anything was. At one point, I pretended to like, oh, one sec. And actually, I wasn't like reading a message for work. I was Googling because the one thing that had a V, because obviously a vegetarian, right? I um, The one thing that was a V, I didn't understand what it was. And I Googled it and it was a type of mushroom in pasta. So oh, thought, why didn't they just say that then? So I thought, I'll have, that. I'll have that then. But there was no frites, no sides, nothing. Like, And I was panicking like, what the fuck am I going to do? I don't know what to say. It's like the reverse of when I go to Nando's with someone who's not been to Nando's before. Because obviously Nando's isn't wait like table service. Yeah. So, you know, you go and there's obviously what spice do you want? And I feel all like, I'll show you how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> so I know how it works here and you can get chips. It's okay. Well, you do need to know, don't you? And if you're going to go anywhere, at least if they've got chips, you can pretend. You'd be like, oh, I'm not, not right hungry a minute, so I'll just have some yeah. chips. But actually, you're starving. Chips. You just don't know what the fuck to order. <laughs> you know where you are with chips. That's it. Bowl of frites, please, sir. Yeah, it's like, even if it's like chunky wedged, I don't know. You know, sometimes you, you think, oh, it's going to be potatoes, fans of potatoes, and it comes, it's like, that's just four big chips. You yeah, four as well. Four in a deep fat fryer mini yeah, thing. I- yeah, I thought I was getting some fancy potatoes and you've given me four big chips. And I like chips, but For I don't want four big pound. ones. <laughs> you see, um, yeah. you know where you else. are at uh, Hungry Horse, don't you? You know where you are at Toby Carberry, don't you? That's it, that's it. <laughs> Did I ever tell you yeah. about that, Tim? That comment that the, the parent of one of my exes said about Toby Carberry? No. This This ex is very middle class and... Their mum is, was very, very snobby. So we were going into Toby Carvery and uh, she said to him on the phone, are you sure you're going to be okay in there with those types of people? What's going to happen? <laughs> how good's that? Going to mug you for your Yorkshire pudding. Like, h- how insane is it that that's the thing? <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard this those story people. about what goes down at Toby Carvery. Oh my God. I just didn't even know what to think. I didn't know people thought that Toby Carvery was like ghetto. Because, like, what the hell? But apparently it, they do. Is it, it's like an all-you-can-eat, isn't it? Maybe people don't like that. <laughs> Buffy's are chill, man. They're not fancy, are they? Fuck's sake. Anyway, um, so to end on that, where do you feel you belong? I think we've done a few a few there. I, yeah, I like going around people's houses wearing my joggers, shut up, and watching Midsummer Murders halfway through day with me with my feet on settee. Do I want a brew yet? Yeah. Have you got any snacks? Like, that's the vibe in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's where I feel at my happiest. <laughs> <laughs> that and uh, hungry horse. Give <laughs> give me a giant horseshoe of onion rings. I uh, thank you. And I'll have seventeen sachets of sauce on it. <laughs> And I'm not going to use a knife. <laughs> oh, I never use a knife. Fuck, I hate you. No, just no. I'm a fork in your right hand type of lass. That's a good one. I want to put out to the people who uses a knife. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do a poll on the back of this. Who actually uses a knife? And if you do, what hand is it in? <laughs> <laughs> do you use your fork as a knife? Yes. Yes. Dear me. Right, that's it then, lass. We've talked for one hour, 35 minutes, but it's all been golden, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
dear. But uh, yeah, I think we've, we're going to try and smash some more in before quarantine ends, aren't we? Because we're, we're on fire at the minute. Yeah. Got uh, some yeah. time on our hands. So, yeah, as always, go and follow us on at Paul Last Scene on pretty much every social media platform going. And uh, let us know any uh, things that you identify with, any things that you want to talk about, if you want to recommend any guests to join us. And yeah, see you next time, innit? Bye.